Jaguars Drive Time. Brian Sextexton, John O'Shea, Ashlyn Sullivan. Jaguars Drive Time starts right now. You know, I'm pulling for these guys. I'm pulling for, um, you know, these these three phases to come together. And, you know, we're working on that and we talk about that. But, um, you know, we're not, being, we're not able to do that, you know, play in and, and play out right now. Um, you know, we're not able to, and it's not like we don't have opportunities. There's opportunities out there. We just haven't been able to take advantage of it. So, you know, we just got to, you know, work as a whole. I mean, and, and the reason why I say that, John, is because, you know, just like I told the team before I came in here, I mean, you know, the effort of how they're playing is, I, I can't, I mean, I can't ask for more, you know, now we can play smarter and we can make some plays. Yes. You know, and these are the things that we've got to have to do and we have to go out and get ourselves a win because, you know, it's, it's, it stinks, you know, when we've lost, you know, now four in a row. A number of missed opportunities yesterday in Houston, two in particular that we will dive into in depth here on Jaguars Drive Time on a Monday morning here with John Osier and Brian Sexton. And we've had a night to sleep on it. And I'll give the Jaguars this. I can't figure them out. I mean, one week the offense is okay. The Jaguars defense isn't playing up to par. We go into this game yesterday. Three of their best players are out on defense. We're thinking, I don't know about this defense. And Brian Sexton, they did their part. I can't figure it out. You've done this much longer than me, so maybe you can figure it out. Well, it's look, they don't have that elite quarterback that they get consistent play from. Forget the numbers. Just look at the situations yesterday. Um, and it's not all on Gardner Minshew. There were drop passes. There were plays that should have been called differently. Um, but they're still so inconsistent on offense. If they were consistent on offense, right, if you knew what you could expect from them on offense, then you ask your defense, just give us a couple of plays. We, we get it. You're missing a frontline starter on all three levels. You're a young unit. Just give us a turnover or two. Give us a short field here or there. Just do enough to turn the tide when we need it. Well, the defense did that yesterday, but the offense, for all of the weapons and for all the growth that we saw early, it isn't there. John Ogier, you've had a night to sleep on this. What do you think of this game in summary before we get into big things? Well, you asked, Brian, you know, uh, about the defense. And it, I think we do know what the defense is. And I don't think it was, it, it was dramatically different at its core on Sunday than what we expected. It, it gave up a lot of yards. It had trouble getting the Texans off the field. But to Brian's point, what it was asked to do was break serve a couple of times, get you the ball, get you some opportunities. That's where it went awry because when they got those opportunities, they had a chance to get 10 points out of them and got none. It turned the game. So mm -hmm. credit to the defense, but I'm with Brian. In terms of the offense, there are just some concerns about uh, what it can get done in clutch situations, and that was the story of the game on Sunday. Yes, big-time concerns as we get into big things. And big thing one is the offense. Missed opportunities to take the lead at the end of the first half and at the end of the third quarter. They have to be able to carry this team when you have guys like Josh Allen, Miles Jack, and C.J. Henderson out. Hey, Minshew, how do you get this team out of a four-game losing streak? Um, I don't know. Um, that, that's a good question. We were actually just talking about that in the locker room, trying to figure out you know, what it is, what's missing. Because, um, you know, we have moments where we feel really good about it. Moments that it just all goes 
kind of, and we just got to figure out how to, you know, be more consistent um, and, you know, keep moving forward. Talking all three phases of this Jaguars team on big things today. Big thing two, you guessed it, is defense. They did their part. They came to play with three key players out. However, Avery, jo Avery Jones says it wasn't good enough. They still have to continue making those big plays to help the offense out. We need to understand to gain that momentum, we have to make the plays. And um, that's one of the things, you know, me and other captains on the team are trying to stress is that we got to go out there and make those plays because momentum just just doesn't happen. We can't go out there and, you know, hope for a bad call or hope for them to penalize themselves. So, I mean, we can gain the momentum. I definitely believe that. I feel like if we eliminate the explosives, we'll be a whole better defense. And big thing three, special teams. Five weeks, five pickers, possibly you need a six. Doug Marone attempts to explain what the special team situation is right now for the Jaguars. I, know, I think we'll, we'll figure that out as, as, as we go. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, you know, with the way the ball was being kicked, it's, it's, you know, it just doesn't have any, you know, he said he just didn't have any pop, you know what I'm saying, in his leg. All right, we go back up to big thing one, which is the offense. Defense hands over two turnovers. Jaguars get two extra possessions. John Osher, you said it before, no points. The storyline of the game, they were handed momentum and couldn't do anything with it. Well, it absolutely was. And uh, Doug mentioned in, in his post game, and he didn't want to go completely there. But he talked about needing to take advantage of those opportunities, talked about playing on a margin. And when coaches talk about that, they're, they're looking for the best way possible to say the players, there's not enough elite playmakers all over the roster to make plays above the X's and O's. They were in position to do it. When they talk about execution, that's what that's talking about. It showed up in key situations on Sunday, I thought, just not the playmakers above the X's and O's guys. I don't know if that's Minshew. I don't know if it's if it's a third. You know, something in there wasn't happening in terms of execution in big moments, and uh, that's what you keep hearing in post games from the coaches and players trying to talk about consistency. That's what that is, Brian. You know, I, two thoughts. The first is I wonder if Minshew has some trouble seeing the field, especially in tight quarters. Um, after the Bengals game. There were some questions, and Jay Gruden said, look, and he had Carlos Dunlap in there with his big frame and, and the long arms and clogging passing lanes. And, and I just I left that last week thinking he may have trouble seeing in some congested areas. Because, look, he moved the ball up and down the field, but when they got into that tight red area, you know, they, they couldn't function. They didn't function. And that, that's what the story of this game is right now, uh, their inability to function when they got into those critical situations. The other thought is, we've talked about a formula. You know, we've talked about run the ball, and James Robinson, after the first quarter, was averaging over five yards per carry. The Texans' defense came in statistically the worst in the league against the run. The game was close. How do you get away from running the football? And I know there's coach speak, and we'll hear from Jay Gruden, and on Wednesday he'll talk about it, probably got away from it. But that was critical to me, because you keep this thing balanced. It's a four-straight game. The Gardner Minshew's been asked to throw the ball more than 40 times a game, and it's four straight losses. I think I saw a stat that 
when he has to throw for, for 300 yards, what is he, 1-4 in, in 300-yard games? Maybe he's 0-5. Mm-hmm. His formula is not to line up like Pat Mahomes and chuck the ball all over the field. His formula is to play a smart, controlled game with a running game and a defense and take advantage of opportunities when they're given. Well, none of that worked yesterday. Yeah, Brian, I thought you had a really good point yesterday in rapid recap when we were asking about, you know, we're still every single week asking, did Gardner prove that he was the franchise quarterback for this game? And you mentioned that third down play and that fourth down play in the red zone, especially the fourth down play when Gardner Minshew just completely exits the play. It kind of was telling at sometimes, why aren't you trusting your quarterback right there, especially in a moment like that? It's a question only they can answer, but you have to wonder, do they not trust him? Do they not think that he can get the job done? It's the question that I asked at the time. Um, They'll say no, but their decision makes you say, well, maybe the answer is yes there. You know, we're trying to shake it up. We're trying to figure a way to make a play, to change things up. I mean, I understand all of that. And sometimes a good play is called and it just, it doesn't happen for whatever reason. I understand it all. But as we've said, the story of the season is, is Gardner Minshew the franchise going forward? Will he perform well enough this year to convince you that you don't need to use your draft capital next year on one of those quarterbacks? Well, okay, the first two weeks I was in. He had convinced me there's something there. And even the throw yesterday, the beautiful throw that he made to Keelan Cole, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But in my book, they're one and four, but he's two and three. He's proved it twice. He's got 11 more games. It's, no matter what anyone says, the story of the season is up to him. What I think, what John thinks, it's just an opinion. What the fans think, just an opinion. This whole season is about him proving he is. It's a unique opportunity for a young quarterback to go out there with it on the line and take it. We'll see whether he does or not. I'm, I'm not going to weigh in and say he can't. Right now, the last three weeks, he hasn't. Yes, big time opportunity. And John, I don't want to get too much into this because it is your hot take. But this defense showed up with three key players out. It gives you some promise that guys we didn't see a lot of, such as Sidney Jones, might have it. And this defense just might be okay, even with those guys out. Yeah, it did. And I, I don't want to ruin my hot take. So, I mean, because it is, it, it is <laughs> hot, Glenn. It is a hot take. Oh, but yeah. it, it's, it, was a, it was a very good effort by the defense. Uh, credit to Dwayne Smoot for having one of his better games. They got Watson off the spot a little bit. Again, I think the storyline with the defense was brought its best effort and just didn't have the Miles Jack, the Josh Allen, the C.J. Henderson to to completely shut it down. But shout out to Sidney Jones, a guy who I frankly, I'm not even sure I knew, I knew he was on the roster last Sunday, and he was the player of the game for the Jaguars. So uh, credit to him. I wish it had been more. I wish it had been enough. Yeah, you know, Sidney Jones, just to point pass out, breakups. Yep, go ahead. He and, he and Daniel Thomas are exciting young players. I mean, Sidney Jones was a second-round pick, and he had some issues when he was at, at Washington, or he might have been a first-round pick. So he might, they might have found a guy to put opposite C.J. Henderson. And safety's been an issue, and Jared Wilson made it better yesterday. But Daniel Thomas is a guy that I know the scouting staff had really strong feelings about, and he proved it with seven tackles. You know, big picture, not this week or next week, but overall, 
there's reasons for optimism for the roster in general because there are a lot of exciting young players that look like they'll develop into good players over time. Yep, could not agree more. We saw some potential yesterday on the field, but nonetheless, a loss in Houston, 30-14. to 14, The Jaguars drop to 1-4 on the season. When we come back, some highlights from that game coming up on Jags Drive Time. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity pinpoint the official signage partner of the jacksonville jaguars helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand your company's identification advertising and even the words you use make an impression on your clients with pinpoint as your coach you can make sure it's a good impression pinpoint provides a creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand from custom signage to complete marketing solutions step up your game with pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients visit experiencepinpoint.com i'm Chantel baker fiance of dj chark my fiance is always prepared with a game day plan and so am i i'm always looking for easy ways to save time and Publix helps me tackle everything from pre-game prep to post-game cleanup with prices that are never out of bounds this week at Publix, get a $1 off Crest Gum Detoxify 4.1 ounce toothpaste and look for new Tide Hygienic Laundry Detergent. Available at Publix where shopping is a pleasure. Fair and Fair reminds you to continue to wear a mask to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Fair and Fair protecting you and your family since 1979. Here we go. Highlight from that 30 to 14 loss in Houston, Texas. We go to the second quarter. The very end, 43 seconds left. Jaguars have the chance to take the lead or tie the game right before halftime. Needless to say, that did not happen. Looking that way, Chenault has it. Chenault and a lot of Houston defenders ready for it as well. Stephen Hauschka is out to attempt his first field goal as a member of Jacksonville. This from 24 yards away, and Hauschka is no good. All righty, so Texas takes the ball back. Texas turnover, but not for long. The first turnover, first turnover of the day equals no points. Outside and Fuller and Cooks take a deep shot. Watson has time. Over the middle, and it is picked off. Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones has it. And Jacksonville's getting the ball right back. Stay on sides. Get those hands up in the middle if he has to drive the ball. And this kick is no good. Alrighty, so we enter halftime. The score the same, 10 to 7 onto the third quarter. It's now 13 to 7. Turnover number two, still no points. A play fake. 
Watson has all day looking deep for Will Fuller, and it's juggled and picked off. Intercepted by Jared Wilson down the sideline. Wilson at midfield, still going. Wilson at the 30, trying to cut it back the other way, and it's Deshaun Watson who makes the tackle. Confidence in the kicker. They go for it on fourth and one. Minshew runs out to the left. Robinson takes the snap. Robinson lost the football. What is that on fourth and one? He was going to throw it. He was going to be the quarterback. Oh, I just cringe watching that one. That fourth and one play. On to the fourth quarter. It's 23-14. to 14. Houston Texans. And here comes Whitney Merciless. Very scary man. Minshew steps up, in trouble, hit hard, lost the football. Merciless has it, and Eifert smacks him down. Ball came out again. After the hit by Eifert, Merciless lost it. Houston says they still have it. No signal yet. Texans get the ball, gives the Texans Jacob the Martin down, forced the fumble, and it is Houston football. Are they saying Romeo, Romeo, what are thou doing, Romeo? And the game. Doubtful. But it works. Cooks, and he can run all the way to the house. He will! Now they're saying it, James. <laughs> oh, yeah. 28-yard touchdown, and for Cooks, his first as a member of the Texans. That turnover. Steps up. That, that, that touchdown. And oh, those highlights. They hurt. They hurt me. John Osher, that fourth and one play. Yikes. Well, you've got to be able to get the ball to the upright from 49 yards. So I don't expect Stephen Hauschka yes. to be around very long, frankly. Um, you know, and fine, whatever. But that just kind of shows you the last few weeks what sort of season it's been. When that sort of thing happens, you wonder what's going to go right. In terms of the fourth and one call, I kind of go back to something Brian said in the open. Um, a, a lot of check downs for Minshew yesterday. We've always talked about the arm strength thing. And you know, I've been struggling all night, struggling for a week or two, really, to try to put Gardner in perspective and try to figure out what I think about him. And I, I, I want him to be the franchise guy because I like him. But you wonder mm -hmm. about the arm strength, what defenses are taking away that, as Brian said, they didn't trust or didn't have him throwing the ball on fourth and one, staying within the confines of their offense. I hope that he can answer that question positively in the next few weeks because I do think it's becoming the pressing issue for the team. Well, here was the question I asked myself right. yesterday. If Deshaun Watson was my quarterback, do I win? And the question, the answer to me was, yeah, because look at the difference in arm strength. I mean, he just, the ball pops out of his yeah. hand. He makes the throws with authority. And the Texans never on fourth down and one like that would have taken the ball out of his hands. He's their elite playmaker. You need that at that position. The Jaguars don't have it right now, which is why they're so inconsistent. Again, Gardner Minshew isn't the only reason that they didn't win yesterday. The offense failed in a couple of key places and on the sidelines from a play-calling perspective. However, when you watch the ball leave Watson's arm, at least I do, I say, I got to have that arm. Go get me that arm. Because with the playmakers mm -hmm. that I have, roster now, right, with 
DJ Chark, I can, I can take my shot to Chark. I don't have to take what they give me, which was all the checkdowns. I'm just getting it to Chark because he's going to run by everybody. That's not in the Jaguars' playbook right now. He doesn't have the arm strength to just take those deep shots with the safety over the top and let Chark go get it. You, you just you need that arm strength. It just is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, and John, and, Brian, and I didn't fairness. Mean to I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, You're good. I, I would just sort of close Brian's thought. My sense is last couple of games that that issue leads to some of the stuff we had in the pocket. He gets hit, he gets hit from merciless from behind. Uh, not being able to make some of the throws downfield, you start looking for things, you start waiting for things to happen, and that seems to be what's causing some of the pocket stuff. Again, there are much smarter football right. minds than mine out there analyzing this, but that's what it feels like. And boy, again, I hope that in the next few weeks, because I think this, it's when it's going to decide this thing, the next six or seven weeks, I hope that gets fixed. You wonder if it will. Right, and John, I, I go back to the halftime interview on CBS when Doug Brown says we are going to go for it on fourth and one in those plays in the second half because they were almost forced to. You can only talk so much about this kicking game, but they were kind of placed against a wall. You had to go for those plays, and you had to kind of be creative because you couldn't trust on your kicking game. Yeah, you know, the pop in the leg quote, I, you know, again, I don't know Stephen Hauschka. Is he... He's had a good long career. I, I wish him the best, but you sort of wish the pop in the leg had been mentioned before the game. Uh, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen short from 49 in the NFL, so that's got to get fixed. And yeah, I, I don't mean to jump all over the guy, but that's got to get fixed. Yes, big time. And those are our highlights from Houston, Texas. When we come back, some Bernie Woodfire Grill hot takes here on the Jaguars Digital Network. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity why do you choose Farah and Farah? first we have the financial resources to take on any insurance company and our track record proves that we know how to win our attorneys and staff are a team and we've worked together for decades to us our job is much more than just a paycheck we love to help and this is important we never forget it's not about us it's all about you Farah and Farah, Jacksonville. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA.
Game day is just around the corner, and we can't wait to be Duval together again. The Jaguars are taking every precaution to keep our fans safe at TIAA Bank this fall. From cashless concessions to contactless entry, visit jaguars.com stadium to learn more. Tickets are available in pods for this season, so go get yours. We're back on Jaguars Drive Time with Bernie. Wood fire grill, hot takes, Brian Sexton. You're up. When the game was in the balance, in other words, when the Jaguars were within a score, which is into the fourth quarter, J.J. Watt was a non-factor. Jawan Taylor handled him, and handled him with ease, right? I get it. Watt's in his 10th season. He's not the same NFL Defensive Player of the Year that he has been in the past, but he's still a really good football player and capable of wrecking your game plan, and Taylor handled him, whether it was the outside or the inside, I'm going to tell you, that penalty that he got, that Taylor got for holding on Watt, that to me was Watt complaining to the officials and them giving in. He ducked underneath, if you go back and watch it, the shoulder and just bought that holding penalty. That was, uh, Juwan Taylor is one of the reasons why you should be excited about this offense. And the young offensive line that's played pretty good. Cam didn't have his best day yesterday. He got beat by Whitney Merciless on that sack, but I'm telling you, Juwan Taylor, it was fun to watch him handle a guy who has handled Jaguars' offensive tackles for years. The offensive line, a reason for optimism. And John Osher, you have another kind of sort of reason for optimism. Yeah, and I'm optimistic about this defense. Question mark? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I am actually encouraged. And I... I have to say that and uh, with a caveat of there's a ceiling for how good this defense is going to be this year because of what I've talked about all, all offseason and all season. The limited number of elite second contract guys. You've really got Miles Jack in that category, maybe Schobert, we'll see. But yesterday, to make some plays to keep you in it, Without Josh Allen, without Miles Jack, without C.J. Henderson, very arguably their best three players on all three levels of the defense, to gut it out, stay in it, and keep the thing afloat without those guys, again, grading on a curve a little bit here, because I don't think this is going to be a top 15 playing defense the rest of the season, but maybe they can get, by the end, into that 15 to 20 range where you like what you see going forward with this bunch. So, encourage question mark, Glenn. Okay, that's fine. I understand the question marks. My hot take goes a little bit before you, or it goes along with your hot take, I guess I should say. The Jaguars will beat the Lions on Sunday. There I said it. I don't know why, but I'm feeling it. I think they match up well against the Lions. I don't think the Lions are anything you should be scared about. They're one and three coming off the bye week. And we have that encouragement from the defense that we saw. It's safe, I think, to assume you're going to get at least one of those three guys, Josh Allen, Miles Jack, CJ Henderson, back this week. Matthew Stafford, Adrian Peterson, Danny Amendola. I get their big names, but do they should they scare you this season? And at some point, you're going to have to stop the bleeding. Go get a win against the Lions. The schedule has shifted up. They then go to the Los Angeles Chargers after that and then have a bye week. Get a win before the bye. That's my hot take, and I'm feeling it. Brian, do you agree? 
Well, I agree with the idea that the Lions don't scare people. However, that quarterback has a big arm. And if the Jaguars can't get pressure on Stafford, they've got enough weapons to make things very, very interesting. So, you know, this is one of those games, flip a coin, right? If they get a couple players back, yep. I agree with you. They should be able to. But Matt Stafford has that arm, and he can put the ball all over the field. We saw it in 2016. Yes, a big-time quarterback coming to Jacksonville on Sunday, a home game finally here for the Jaguars. When we come back, some NFL By the headlines, way, real quick, a crazy you go. weekend. Oh, go ahead. I just want to say, is it official? Have they moved the Jaguars up a week to go in their bye week to L.A. and then have the bye week the following week? I heard that, but I didn't see it, it was official It is indeed anywhere. official. Yes, it is official. Okay. So if you had bye week plan, go ahead and change them. Because, yes, that has been switched, Brian. <laughs> Cancel the plane tickets. You heard it here first, folks. When we come back, some NFL headlines here on the Jaguars Digital Network. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization. That's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity hey jacksonville this is joey d from bonos i just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms we appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis for over 71 years we have been here for you through good times and bad our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon be safe Brooks Rehabilitation outpatient locations throughout Florida are currently open and accepting in-person and telehealth appointments. They're following CDC guidelines to include screenings, temperature checks, face masks, social distancing, and additional sanitizing of all surfaces. They're taking extra precautions to ensure your safety so you can focus on your recovery. Please call their central intake unit at 904-345-7277, option 3, to schedule your visit. Brooks Rehabilitation is the official rehabilitation provider for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Back on Jags Drive Time for a few short, short moments as we get into some NFL headlines from the weekend. Brian Sexton, take it away. Well, quickly, how many people remember Bill Belichick was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns? I mean, that, that seems like eons ago. He's obviously established himself as the best head coach in league history with six championships now. But there was a time when he was the head coach of the Browns and got fired before they left to go to Baltimore. However, the last time that the Browns were 4-1 was 1994 when he, Bill Belichick, was their head coach. And I would guess there is a large portion of the NFL fan base that is too young to remember when Bill Belichick wore orange and brown. Up next, double trouble. The Falcons late last night making it official they have fired their head coach, Dan Quinn, and, and this is a bit unusual, the general manager, Thomas Dimitrioff, was let go as well. So here's the thing. A really wise football guy once said to me 
that one of the worst things that can happen is for a team to lose the Super Bowl because they never seem to get over it the next season. It kind of drags along with them and they feel sorry for themselves and the organization just has a hangover from it. Well, everyone remembers a couple years ago when the Falcons lost, they Falcons lost after leading 28 to three. You realize since that moment, they're 14 and 25. They've never overcome it. And the 0-5 this season is why, obviously, Dan Quinn was released. But if they had just held on and won the Super Bowl, this obviously would have been avoided. Both men let go last night. And finally, to not for long league, talk about a team that lost the Super Bowl last year. The Niners are struggling with injuries. Their defensive line has been decimated by the loss of Nick Bosa. DeForest Buckner, they traded away. D. Ford isn't there. Solomon Thomas is gone. And Jimmy Garoppolo had a high ankle sprain. And yesterday he was benched in that loss at home to the Miami Dolphins. Now, they're talking this morning like the ankle was bothering him. And maybe it was. But Garoppolo didn't play well in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and hasn't played well since. He's benched. It'll be a story, as John likes to say, until it's not. And those are your headlines. Oh, and by the way, the Jaguars are playing the next two weeks, and the bye week has been moved back a week. That's official. There you go. There's the fourth headline to go along with a, a Dak Prescott broken ankle. That last drive in Sunday Night Football, Vikings and Seahawks. If you haven't watched that, go watch it. Russell Wilson is having an insane season. And that wraps up our drive time on a Monday morning. We'll be back on Wednesday morning. Stay tuned for head coach Doug Marone's press conference this afternoon. We'll see you then.